my old desk does an arabesque in the morning when I first arrive. It's a pleasure to see it's waiting there for me to keep my hopes alive. Such a comfort to know it's got no place to go. It's always there. It's the one thing I've got a huge success. My good old desk. My old desk never needs a rest, and I've never once heard it cry. I've never seen it tease. It's always there to please me from nine to five. Such a comfort to know it's dependable and slow. But it's always there. It's the one friend of God, a giant of all times, a good old dad. Ooh ah, ooh ah, ah. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our first hour. Joining us, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. You got to say her name first, don't you? No, I said it's the Tom Dupree Show. I mean, we, we've show. already talked about this. So, so okay, let's do it again. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, our host, Tom Dupree and Missy Clifton. Does it now sound? Now I feel better. Okay. What? How do you feel? Mentioned twice. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm paranoid, okay? Women, age I feel before like beauty. <laughs> I, I always, <laughs> I've been in this business 45 years. I feel like I'm about ready to be replaced at all times. All right, I want to talk about this song. It's over. Yeah, Harry Nilsson. We played some of his stuff last week. I'm going to play it for a while. I've had this remarkable thing happen to me in my 60s. I have reconnected with a lot of music that came from when I was in my teens. But I, some of it I didn't listen to as closely. The, nobody knew who Harry Nilsson was. In fact, John Lennon of the Beatles thought it was a group called Nilsson. And I think it was by design. Because he didn't really want to, he never wanted to do a concert, never did any live concerts. This song was written in about 1968. He would have been about 27 years old at the time, had just moved to Los Angeles, came from a poor family in Brooklyn or somewhere. He would write songs about the most mundane things you can imagine. This is about his desk. Later on, we'll play you a song that was a huge hit, not by him, but by a group called Three Dog Night. But Harry wrote it, and it's not about what you think it is. Someone who is a songwriter can take the most mundane thing and actually create a song out of it. Now, that's also true of good poets. And, you know, literature is basically where we live. And, you know, when I was taking English classes as a college student, my one of my professors told me, he said, 
Don't read books about the poem. Read the poem. Read the text. So that the text there is my old desk, and he's talking about his desk in a very loving fashion. It's a little bit like Ode on Aggression Earned by Keats. So he says, you know, there's this picture on there that is frozen in time of people about to do things, doing things, but it's frozen. It's not moving. Same thing with the desk. It's like the desk's always going to be there, whether I'm having a good time or not. There is that element that we have to think about. What stays frozen in time and what's fluid? What moves on? It's pretty simple. Psalm 36. This is kind of a weird psalm. I mean, it bounces around. Uh Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Then he switches gears, talking about God. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. And here's my line, and I almost get choked up. You care for people and animals alike. Oh, God. That's the first six verses. Now, I have wonderful animals in my life. Three wonderful dogs. One of them sitting on a chair right over here. It says you care for people and animals alike. It doesn't say you care for people more and animals secondarily. It says you care for them alike. That's a big deal. Some people don't feel bad about abusing animals. But I think it's horrible. So we should think about the animals in our lives and and then horses and donkeys and every kind of thing. Because pigs, chickens. What about geese? Oh, God. <laughs> you struggling with the geese problem? <laughs> we have a, all God's a, creatures. Our prize creatures. It joins a pond. I've and, fed them sons of bitches right r- real well. I know. They've eaten that. You know that he always oh, is posting garden, pictures his of his green bean plants. Uh, I'm not posting the part where they eat them. But, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, we are in a time in my opinion, of great reckoning. A lot of things, there's going to be a reckoning. Did you see Tucker's thing on Rick Levine? No, I have not. But I well, shall make a point go to pull watch it up. It. It is, it's pretty good. But the point is, I have a friend. He's, he's, a, he's a theological student is what he is. He's not by trade. He's a bricklayer and a real good one. 
but he's studied the Bible. He's prayed. He's, you know, he's a man of prayer. He's a man of study. And he really believes that we're in a period of time where God is allowing so many things to go on to basically reveal the hearts of man. And they'll either see how wicked they are in their hearts and turn from it, or they'll just continue on into darkness and double down, which we're seeing. There's this ignorance that's going on these days where people just say, I'm going to continue to flagrantly, and they take their lives in their hands, and it's as if their own life is of none account. They don't, it's like they don't care for their own lives. But let me tell you something. If you think after you die, you will simply cease to exist and be in some place of blissful rest, you're wrong. The human soul continues. And after death, it is equally able to be, um, I'm going to tell you, it goes on afterwards. You should consider your life after death. If you are on the fence about what you believe, this is a time when everything, all the stops are being pulled out and you are, and it's being revealed who and what people really are. Pay attention. Okay, Missy, you got some stuff. Tom, I got some stuff. Yes. What? Yes. What? Well, we were what gonna, do you want to do? We were going to address the affirmative action um, decision which has it's it's a it, it has that's the it's a supreme loaded. court six to three that's right well there were two different cases that they were uh that they you know they looked at that were that were i've been told they're going to work totally around it and it's going to business as usual and that's an interesting that's an interesting thing that you said because of course immediately the new york times came out with a an article on uh just obviously july 2nd july 2nd and it was based on uh, talking about said social economic disadvantage scores. So, so they're going to, instead of now being able to use race in college admissions, they're going to look at a socially and economically disadvantaged thing and just substitute that for race. Right, right. So, so, so for instance, University of California at Davis School ranks their applicants by their disadvantages. So, so they, they get a, they get a, they face like a, a possible score of zero to ninety nine. So, whatever you know, like it, it's based on you know, did your did your family have adversity in income and supplying you the you know the basics you know to meet you know rent and and food and uh, your you know your educational opportunities, um, your your parents' education. So are you that first kid that you know went to college that sort of thing? You know this this is along with the obvious things of you know grades, test scores, recommendations, internships, interviews, et cetera, and so all on. those. But but it, it's giving this this adversity score, which you know I think a lot of people probably again I've said this many times on the show. Many things sound okay when you're you're describing them. Yeah. But but then you really need to dig. A little, you know, you need to back it up, and you need to think about it in a in a bigger picture. The devil is in the details. That's right. That's right. Um, so you know, he, here we have the Supreme Court comes off, and they say that you know, in college admissions, that there no longer can you just say 
it you know to fill a racial quota, right? Um, and and I and I think this this is interesting. You you started out the you started out this this hour with um with saying about the poem, and you got to read the poem. Just don't read a book about Absolutely. the poem. Absolutely, don't I, read a book about the poem. Well, I'm going to charge you and and anybody that's listening that is having an issue putting this into context or reading a larger um, you know implication to this ruling. In read the opinions. Don't don't just take the headlines. Don't just take you know a snippet. Um, or what, a, a spin, what opinions? What are you talking? The judges' about? opinions, the Supreme Court judges' opinions. Where do you find that? Uh, you, you can. My God, all you do, all you, do, all you have to do is Google search them. You, you, you'll be able to come up with them. I, I came up. That with, stuff bores me so bad. I do veer away from it. It's like I'm towards that, like some people are towards poetry. So you, you have to direct. But it, me. It's not written but, for. It's not. It's not written completely over most people's level. And you certainly can you. get the. You can get the. You can get the feeling of the writer. So, for instance, you well, know, read some of it to us. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I was reading like children in a school. Yeah, like children in a school. Well, uh, all right, I, I don't. Nobody wants to hear all this, but let's let's talk about how do you know Kentonje Brown Jackson, who's the you know the new. I know who she is. You know, she completely is got on, there by. She, well, she's the completely on the receiving end of the affirmative action. Completely, you know. Biden I mean, Biden said, goes out and says we're going to get a black woman, but what he meant was a liberal said. black woman because there were several others that were qualified. So it's going to exactly. be a black woman but, that has certain ways of looking at things. Biden's own words, he said, "I this is what I'm going to do," and and so she she was it wasn't on her merit. It wasn't on. It was basically she fit the bill. From, Completely. Okay. All right. And and uh, and for the I'm sure you realize that she was um, in the one case, the UNC case. She recused herself from the Harvard case because she's you know got connection to Harvard. Yeah. But in the other case, um, she was one of the dissenting. Which opinions. tells you something about Harvard these days. I mean, you know, this isn't this isn't real academia that these places are pursuing or purveying. This is completely. Anyway, go ahead. Well, she just, she, her dissent was, it's, you know, it, her entire thing is, is it's, it's a very race infused world and that, you know, individuals um, are the sum of their unique experiences, challenges, and accomplishments. Check. I'll check. You know, I, I got that. But, but for her, that, that, that the elites, the powers that be are in the position to right those wrongs. Not the individual, not the you know. Um, she she's got this kind of, she's got this kind of flawed law and reason viewpoint of of how we're supposed to correct that, and and she's going to have that viewpoint, and that's never going to change. So you're going to have that. Well, and and you've got you know. So then you know, contrary to that, you've got Justice Clarence Thomas, you know, joining Roberts' opinion. Um, you know, they were kind of. They're talking about in the wake of the Civil War, and they kind of give a historical perspective of the um, the you know the challenges of the African American community and and what they you know and, and where they are today. Which you know, again, we've had a black president. We've had you know there are from the outside. He's looking not African American though. He's African. But the 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 point is. Um, well, all right. Well, no, no, no. Listen, hold on a minute. Ted Cruz was on the other day, and he said to somebody from Connecticut, do you know that in the South that you guys look down upon as being hayseeds and having these voting rights laws and stuff? 
African-American voting participation is higher in Mississippi and Georgia and Texas than it is in Connecticut. And you're lecturing us to people in the Northeast. Race is mainly a construct. It's like they don't live with it very in the same way that people in the South. I know people in Mississippi. Let me tell you something. You go in any cafe in Mississippi and you got black people and white people sitting together talking it the leveling process and and yet these liberals from especially from the northeast have this outdated view of how the south is it's retrograde knuckle dragging it isn't i mean it, there may be little pockets of it now texas can be bad texas is way more racist than the rest of the south i lived in both places and i know there's a difference Texas is not the same as Mississippi, but it's even changing in Texas. And, um, you know, the, the, you think you, you want to find a race, racist place, South Boston, Westchester County, New York. I mean, these are places you would be amazed in these liberal enclaves, what there really exists there. And, you're always going to get this Harvard twist on things. Do you, do they really want some black guy like Bo Jackson from Alabama to come to Harvard? And, you know, they want some guy that's talking like he's from Jamaica or the Queens English. They're embarrassed about Southern blacks. Well, I'm not. I love people in the South, black and white. Well, t- to your point on that, I might argue that who ben- whose benefits and who is harmed by, you know, this new ruling um, is kind of brings me to the response of, I want to say I'm marked safe from Marxist indoctrination. I mean, I'm, you know, the whole higher education and what they're teaching these days. I'm, I'm you know, that, that's I don't want to be in okay. those places. Yeah, I don't want to be there. But all right. So, so curious. So back to this New York Times article that we were, I was talking about that is uh, ranking people on a score of adversity. So guess, guess who wouldn't do well on the said social economic disadvantage scale? Just Got read it. a really nice article on Michelle Obama. Really? Michelle she- Obama, who completely benefited from the affirmative action. She did not have the scores to get into Princeton. She would never have made it into Princeton. As a black female, because why? Because she came from an affluent family, living in an affluent area in Chicago with two, you know, two at-home parents. Um, she ended up, you know, she, she was, she, she benefited from this. But yet, 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 she is the first person, you know. Isn't that amazing? She, she is the first person. That is person. just amazing. Not really, though. She, she is, what, what has she become? She has... She's, she, is, she is absolutely one of the typical wealthy elites, you know, vacationing on her yachts, lunching with Tom Hanks, the, the estates, you know, um, but, but white people are the enemy. White people are the enemy. So we're, we're back to that. You know, so we, her we husband's be, half white. We benefited from the, law, the affirmative action law, right? Who benefited from it? Michelle Obama did. Yeah, she did. With, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Nice little article on, uh, you know, that was, you know, kind of reviewing her becoming book, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you knew, she followed her brother who was playing basketball at Princeton, but she did not have the scores. And she, she even says that in, you know, a lot of her books that, that, you know, standardized testing wasn't really her thing and, you know, changed measures to um, sociology, wrote a paper on the black experience. But, you know, th- this is also a kid that apparently had to go, she took two buses 90 minutes away from her home because she couldn't, they couldn't find a school that she felt comfortable in. Her, apparently her friends called, said she was too white for the black people. It, it was an interesting, it's an interesting take on everything. But at any rate, um, I'll, I'll look at, you know, what is Michelle, I'm too black for what, the white people what, what has Michelle Obama done to help people who are really stuck in the cycle of government induced poverty? You know, the thing is, the hypocrisy is so unbelievable. And there are so many white liberals that just buy this whole thing hook, line, and sinker. And they sit around and talk. I remember being in a group of people when Clarence Thomas first got put in. They were livid. But you can't reason with them. You can't talk in Well, I only bring her up because I think that she's she's going to come out in 2024 as a Democratic candidate for right. right. how many stupid people we have in this country you've been listening to the tom dupree show joining us for this hour missy clifton we will be back with more interesting conversation in the next segment we're powered by dupree financial group stay tuned my old desk never needs a rest My name is Tom Dupree. Without a plan, you're doomed to failure. Many people have no idea how they plan to tap their retirement investments for income during retirement. At Dupree Financial Group, we specialize in retirement investing. That means turning your growth portfolio or your IRA into an income portfolio. You may need to draw on it for a lot of years. Come in and let us review your plan and give you some ideas. Call us at 859-233-0400 and set up a complimentary appointment to review your investments. Listen to the Tom Dupree Show at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. can be as bad as one it's the loneliest number since the number one no is the saddest experience you'll ever know yes it's the saddest experience you'll ever know Because one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do One is the loneliest number that you'll ever know 
it's just no good anymore since you went away Now I spend my time just making rhymes of yesterday Because one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, our host, Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton sitting in this segment, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So this song, here, Nick, I sent you the other one. Play it. Write that one down. So this song was written by Harry Nilsson. Anybody that was around in the late 60s remembers this song, but it was done by somebody different than uh, Harry Nilsson. And I th- felt like they did a better job of it in a, in a way. They really made it what it could have been. But the song sounds like it, it's, it was done after the breakup of a girlfriend. Well, that's not true. Here's how that song came about. He was trying to call somebody on the phone and could not get through. So he's trying to call a friend. It's the, the busy signal is beeping. And he writes this song as a result of not being able to call somebody on the phone. How is that for taking a life experience and creating a song out of it? All right. 1969, Three Dog Night. I remember being at somebody's party, 12 years old, and I didn't have anybody to talk to. And I, this song came on. So I felt this song in my heart. Turn it up. It's just no good anymore since you went away. You all, Three Dog Night was not a thing when you guys were growing up, right? No, I remember him. I do too. But who was that singer? Corey, somebody. Uh, he, he, I mean, they had several pretty good songs. Uh, what's that one? Um, I can't remember. God, I can't remember any songs right now. I used you to remember more than the, the average The songs bear. that I used to rewrite the words. Uh, just an old-fashioned love song coming and this friend of mine thought it was an old russian <laughs> wait a minute just an old-fashioned old russian love song just he fought me russian over that he thought yeah. we I'm had trying. a huge argument listening to the song itself and he said that's russian I said, no, it isn't. It's fashioned. You know the song? 
You remember that song by? Yes, Frank? I do, and I don't know how you would come up with Russian from fashion. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with that He's one. Got that's issues. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's got hearing issues. But some, sometimes you hear something and then you just can't let it's it go. In your head. It's just in your head, that and that's the way you hear it. Well, there all have been the time. other songs that I definitely have changed a word because I thought that's what it was. But with I mean, there's my, songs with, like that out there, like "Yamo Be There." What's that? What is that? What is that? But that's a song. Michael, what's his name? Doobie Brothers, McDonald. Anyway, all right, let's go. What we talk about? Well, now we we did we did bring up that um, July fourth. Well, how about the other had, one? This the baking cake, the nine to nothing decision. Do you want to talk about that one? I don't know. You can, yeah. If you want to, I want to oh, hear about what they sounds like. You don't want like you. All right, you've got no, something else. I want to hear what they found in the White House. That's what I want to hear. Well, I don't have that info. Yeah, I don't have the some powdery What's stuff. What's next on your thing? Well, I was just because July 4th, we were just talking about that that was, um, in, if everybody this week had a wonderful time, but it also was the opening of a movie called. Um, yeah, and a friend of mine just called me. Sound of Freedom. Okay, let's go. You, you're on a good one there. Tear well, into it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm interested because, you know. This the, is by Jim Caviezel. Who Caviezel, was, yes. Who was the Passion of Christ um, with Mel Gibson. I mean, he's not afraid to go into the fire on stuff and go after hard hard deals. And this was a movie that was shunned by Hollywood. So it was it had to be it had to be released independently. So the the you know yeah. they're And that's they're happening looking, now because right. there's Hollywood is so rife with all this political correct stuff that has to happen to get a movie done that you know you got to work around it. It's ossified. That's right. That's it's, right. it's become I mean it it literally Hollywood tried to squash it and it is a broadside kind of in a spiritual war if you if you will. All right, let me just put one parenthetical thing here this is where technology has been good you can get the same equipment a lot of the same talent and produce a movie outside of hollywood for literally a fraction of the cost i'll give you an example this radio show we don't have to be in a million dollar studio we have maybe fifteen hundred dollars worth of equipment and we're producing a radio show that it used to require a million-dollar studio. Same thing with Hollywood. You know, they say, well, this film's $45, $50 million. I bet the same thing can be done for 5 or $10 million outside of Hollywood and all their union structures and Byzantine work things. So that's just an example of when things begin to ossify. So he went outside of Hollywood, did this movie. Go ahead. Right, right. Well, so, you know, the the bottom line is that child trafficking, you know, hello, Epstein. Hello, let's go back to that. Epstein Island. Okay, all right. Child trafficking is a now problem, N-O-W, a now problem. And, and basically, uh, anybody that's gone and watched it, discussed it, whatever, it's that, you know, that is completely connected to everything that you're seeing today, the issues that we're seeing today, that the erasing of females uh, we were talking about earlier, um, the sexualization of children, sexualizing children. And the desexualization children. of them, too. And the transsexualization. Exactly. All, and, everything and, and is connected. The, it's, it's this transhuman thing. It will fail. But it's this idea. It's like the enemy, Satan himself, deciding how can we most correctly disfigure and damage God's kingdom. 
How do we disfigure that which God has created? And and I'll tell you, if you're a part of this or you're turning a blind eye to it, you better pray, get on your knees, and repent and ask God in his infinite mercy to come down and take your sin away because you are going to be subject to the most the scrutiny people are not going to live through this and if if you if you're callous towards this kind of suffering you're on the wrong side guys you have to be sensitive to what's going on around you even if it's painful well without a doubt the monetization of the destruction of children lies at the heart of what i think is our failing civilization I mean, what we're seeing currently the things that we're seeing because but you know something missy let me tell you something and i believe this a lot of these civilizations that failed in the past there was no voice in them for the oppressed they the whole civilization just went over to this and there was nobody saying this is wrong today we have voices that are willing to speak against the darkness. And I think that that's a difference between us and, say, Rome or Greece. They've always sacrificed children. I mean, Mexico, it's been done for centuries, even millennia. Today, this is where we're different historically than any time in the past there are people that will speak out against the darkness, describe the darkness, say what's going on, and expose. And you say, well, what difference is going to make? It does make a difference because there's a power in speaking the truth. All right, and, I, and I, I would agree with that because I think that you stop the flow of, of the child sex trade and a lot of the bad stuff that we're seeing would go away with it. And those people would not be... It's so much larger than I think most people realize. And so if anybody is, if this is, you know, a subject that people would pay attention to or are interested in, I'm, nobody's interested in it, but if you would just pay attention to it, even just Google, what, watch the trailer and see what we're talking about, um, Sound of Freedom. It was well done. They're not into the, you know, the graphic, I mean, I, I I'm always, I always love, I'm, I'm a big reader and I love books that just take you're you. You're a reader, but you are not a big reader. <laughs> I'm a big reader. I no, read no, a you, lot of books. Let's say you read a lot of books. Let's rephrase She's it. a serious reader. I'm a serious reader and I, I, I churn through a lot of, but you know, the, the interesting thing is um, that I love books that take you right up to the, they, they don't need to take you down, you know, all of the how, what am I trying to say? Cut to the point. Or take you to the point and then let, let your imagination take over. And what, what, no matter what that is, you know, if it's describing a battlefield or anything, um, used to, Pat Conroy's books used to drive me nuts because it's like he is so... Descriptive. Descriptive. I'm just like, dude, I know what the ocean smells like. I know what that crab tastes I, I like. Tastes like. I like him describing stuff. You like it? Well, there you are. But, um, it helps me live in it. I, I think that the subject matter, my point is the subject matter for this book, I mean, for this movie would be so sensitive um, that it would not be, it would be unbearable for people to watch. And so 
Um, I think they Did chose you see it the movie? artfully. I have not. I've seen a whole bunch of clips of it, so I'm I'm looking forward. Well, to Well, I was see it. told it's only going to be here for about a week. So, so is it just in theaters? It's not on a platform. No, it's not on a platform. You you go to Yet. the theater and see it, right? Yeah. And everyone that has seen it, of of all the reviews that I have read, um, said it packed audience. Um, people brought loads of people with them. There's actually a campaign which I got on last night and didn't get to finish to pay for other people's tickets. So you know that that you want people to see it um, so badly. Well, you know that if, what 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 happens. And this is what, and I've. This is just my observation. People call me, they say, oh, you've got to see this, or you've got to see this. And there's a lot of people that are Christian believers, and they consume a lot of this kind of material. But it never goes anywhere. They, like- they don't do anything with what they've learned. They, they might go pray about it or talk about it in their church, but they don't really attack the darkness very much now i don't know that i attack the darkness very much this this show that i don't know how many people actually listen to is is a weak attempt at taking on the darkness i'm sure if we did it in a more blazing light then uh, we would catch a lot more flack not that i'm looking to catch more flack but a lot of times people simply they see stuff and they say, oh, isn't that sad? And then they move on. And then they're, they're on to the next event. Right. And, and that is... Um, I mean, I, should, I, I would say I'm, I would only recommend you go see a movie like that if, you're, if you've had enough. If you haven't, if you're just, then you're just a voyeur. You're just looking in on some problem. But you're not going to do anything. But, but about we, it. we, you know, this. I say this even to my own children that you know, time cures all wounds, and that when enough time goes by, it you for, you forget it. No, you, that's it, not true. It, it takes the sting out of things, and and so it Epstein, does not. No, I, think about this, Epstein Island. You know this. You know this. There's Jeffrey a lot of Epstein, things that time doesn't. He actually, dies, some things time makes worse. But his, go ahead. His, his cohort is you know is goes through this long lengthy trial. Everybody is watching. It's you know we're waiting for the we're waiting for all the terrible details to be, you know, to be exposed. We're waiting for the the shock and awe of, of knowing what happened. And that just didn't happen. Yet this woman goes to jail and she's sitting in jail. And we still don't know what happened. But we, we it doesn't take much of an imagination to figure so out. So what you're saying is that the power structure is so bought into child trafficking that in order to fully expose why uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is sitting in jail would bring so many people down. But the problem is, what's in it for her? See, in the past, if somebody takes the fall, they get out after six years, ten years, and there's ten million bucks sitting in an account waiting on them. She doesn't need that. It, what is it about... What, what, what's she doing time for without talking about what really went on? And that I don't know. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't Is either. she worried about her life? Because she might get killed. She, it looks like she could die in jail. I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm not sure she worries about if she turns in a bunch of people uh, that somebody's going to pop her as soon as she walks out of uh, prison. I, I don't get it, but... There's a lot of things, quite frankly, I'd rather not get. And sometimes they get ex- they get revealed to me, and, and then I have to pray about it. 
because I can't handle too much, too much information. And some people, they don't want any information. You know, it said in the scripture, Jesus knew what was in man. I get, guarantee you, Jesus did not know every detail of every sin that was going on around him. In the end times, he will, and it'll all be dealt with. But this, these are times. These are times that we're in. That it's so foul. It's like radioactive. You got to be careful what you expose yourself to. You can get so depressed that you want to kill yourself. I mean. You know what I'm saying? It's really bad stuff. Well, well, that's dooming. That's okay. That that. Well, that's what the, the hell I are you know. bringing it I, up for? Then? Well, because what I'm what I was saying was is that people, you know, the Epstein Island, the whole that whole thing, and you know that went away. It's like that because it hadn't so gone many, away. So many, but but to people's minds on their action Who items, cares their what thoughts people and process. Think. I mean, it says in Scripture, "My thoughts are not your thoughts." What's God working on in our society, and what are people working on? Well, people are working on hiding. Listen, listen, as soon as I started seeing, you know, <laughs> transgenders performing at libraries with kids, you know, all yeah, of a sudden, it's like you start putting the pieces well, together. It, it's it's like it's like the goal of evil is to make sin look normal, exactly, normal. and it, that that will that not, is about as good a thing as I've heard you say, well, and I've heard you say a lot of things. <laughs> And you are a reader, not a big my, one, but a reader. But my point no, that was in good. that is Say it that again. The goal of evil is to make sin look normal. The goal of evil is to make sin look normal. I couldn't agree with you more. And so this, you know, the, That's you know, good. all of this, you know, all this, these, these pride parades where these, you know, these people were naked with minors. What, who in the world thinks that that's okay? Let me tell you something. And I bet half of the gay population agrees with me. We've heard the message. No more pride weeks anymore. I'm tired of hearing about it. That doesn't, that can go away now. Yeah. Yeah. The month's over. You're, 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 well, not just that. Let's don't do it anymore in the future. Let's, let's talk about what it means to be an American. I'm sick of seeing the rainbow perverted. God gave it in scripture as a promise that he would never again destroy the earth by water. I'm tired of seeing it used for something else. Let's let's be done with Pride Week and Pride Month and Pride anything anymore. You're on equal footing. You can get married. Let's now face what it is to be an American yep. and part of this thing. Quit trying to call attention to the fact that your sexuality is different than so many other people. It's over with. Otherwise, the point is you're trying to make it be the normal way of sexuality and straight stuff is now considered abnormal. That's what the feeling I get. What was the, um, oh, wait a minute, Thomas Sowell, who said, uh, when people get used to preferential treatment, equal treatment feels like discrimination. That was a, a love that, that, that kind of, that was, you know, that's you, what you, I just, just basically said, said. I know. And that was, uh, I just said the formative action stuff as well. The, um, yeah, I mean, you the, know, it's, it's to hell with Well, this. but I, I, my, my, you know, bringing up Epstein was just that I'm saying is just enough time has gone by that people aren't, they're not, it's not on the forefront anymore. So many other things have it's happened. Burbling so in the, many in the other things. Depths. So here's you're, this, what you're doing here's is you're starting to make a connection to, with all of this stuff. To, to bring it back up and make it still at the forefront of people's 
their thought and their conscience and their actions and things they should be concerned about. As I said, I think you, you, you address it and a whole lot of other really bad stuff goes away. But it is so wicked and so tied into the basic fabric of a lot of people. One of the the outtakes was is that the that America is one of the biggest customers of the you know the child trafficking and the sexualization and then the perversion and the Mexican kids are the anyway it's just it's just it really is very alarming. I think that trafficking thing, the focus on who's disadvantaged in that situation, plays a big part too. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Missy Clifton sitting in this segment. Stay tuned for our financial hour. It's coming up next. We'll be back in just a few minutes. <laughs>